What's up, Conroe? Welcome to a brand new edition of probably the eighth best show in the history of the known universe, Nerd Thug Radio, right here on 104.5, 106.1, the sister stations, streaming worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. As always, you can check out Facebook.com backslash Nerd Thug Radio. And of course, we are Nerd Thug Radio. I'm Corey DLG with me as usual is little brother Nico. It's me. What's up, buddy? How you been? I've been doing well. Finally home after traveling to the known distant edges of the universe, also known as other cities in Texas. Man, like, uh, Texas not small. That's actually what the motto should be. Forget everything's bigger in Texas. It should just be Texas not small. Much faster. Rolls off the tongue. Right. Listen, a lot of Spanish spoken here. Not a lot of English everywhere. The English I do hear isn't great. Let's just go with Texas not small. Texas not small. Welcome to Texas. Texas not small. I I, I think it works. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I there's so much going on in pop culture this this couple weeks. First of all, I'm gonna say this totally non spoilery. Um, there wasn't a lot of fanfare this week for the new episode of What If on Disney. Uh, I think that was on purpose. I think Disney wants to see, like they built up the first couple episodes, right? They really hammered home Peggy Carter as Captain America for that first episode. Um, and it was great. It was really cool. And the second episode was really going to be kind of blown up because it was it's the last time Chadwick Boseman touches uh, plays the role of the Black Panther, or actually of T'Challa because he doesn't. He's Star Lord in that mm-hmm. in that What If story. Um, but still, there's just a lot of interesting stories and stuff coming out of there but they really this week they didn't do any sort of like i kept looking for people to be like oh man this week's going to be huge blah 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 they didn't they didn't really reveal at all what the premise for this week's what if was going to be um like i mean just before i tell you have you heard anything what what it it was going to be so okay what if the world's mightiest heroes were all dead Oh man! So in the span of one week, and it in it timelines it inside of it starts at Iron Man two, okay? Okay. So Iron Man two, the scene where Iron Man is in the donut, hungover, eating donuts, mm-hmm. and Nick Fury comes to him, and they save him, and they take him to the house, and they give him the injections, and he learns about the new element, and he makes it, and blah blah blah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So fast forward now to uh, this What If episode, and it starts off with that scene in the donut, and it just takes a hard left. But it it also kind of hammers out the Marvel timeline a little bit because it then touches on Hulk and then Thor. Okay. And so it touches them in a particular order, but it basically goes – it's on a timeline. Within the span of a week, all of the the main characters are gone, and then the story just goes in a crazy different direction. Oh, wow. Okay. So, yeah, it's Marvel, what if the Earth's Mightiest Heroes all died? Oh, man. <laughs> it's crazy. Like, so Loki wins, the world ends with Avengers 1. Uh, <laughs> done. <laughs> There's just so much to it. Like, it's just such an interesting episode. I really recommend checking it out. Also, a lot of the original actors are voicing it. I can't tell if it's Scarlett Johansson doing Black Widow or not. It seems like it. If it's not her, it's a really good like Black match. Widow. Like, it's really well cast. Mark Ruffalo definitely returns as Bruce Banner, which is interesting because this isn't the Mark Ruffalo Hulk movie. Isn't one. Right. So really, this should be Edward Norton, but instead it's Mark Ruffalo's Bruce Banner. Poor, poor Edward Norton. He really got replaced harder than anyone else. Um... I don't know him. I think I think the one who probably is most upset is Terrence Howard, because he yeah, actually he... said some sour stuff coming out. Now Edward Norton was sort of unhappy with because he he feels like he rewrote a lot of the Hulk movie and therefore wanted writing credit and more credit for the movie, which is all ultimately that's all about money. Terrence Howard, though, um, when he came out of it, he kind of at first criticized Robert Downey Jr. for not sticking up for him like demanding he stay on. Um, but if you look, Terrence Howard's screen time dwindles in Iron Man one. Like he's in the, in the first half of the movie, he's pretty prominently pretty dominant, featured. Yeah. And then by the end of it, he is almost completely written out of the movie. 
and that is 100% on purpose. Uh, John Favreau did not enjoy working with him at all. See, this is the the woes of having someone who like obviously he's the right fit because he's current universe. But if you don't agree with him, you're just gonna get replaced. Well, Kevin, that's Kevin Feige, right? That's what you're saying, like yeah, like yeah. he's in control of the whole thing. Like if he's not, if you're not getting along with him, they're just gonna ask you. Well, There's... that's the way it has to be, right? Like. Yeah. You have editors. You have people for a reason. And so yeah, I, I think that's I think that's totally appropriate. If you're not gonna if, you, if it doesn't work for you, then okay, well, talk to you later, buddy. Like Hasta la vista, you know what I mean? Like it doesn't yeah. have to be for you. I I, I always kind of feel that I don't you know, comic books in general, they change care they change writers a lot, they change direction a lot. And sometimes you make fun of it and sometimes it, it makes sense and Sometimes people just kind of run out of, you know, string, you know, they just, their story is over. Um, but otherwise, yeah, I don't know. I kind of, yeah, Terrence Howard, though, he didn't, John Favreau didn't like him. And so he was the highest paid actor in Iron Man 1. And when they came time and RDG, when they said, okay, we are going to do all these movies and they wanted to activate everyone's options, Robert Downey Jr. sat down and renegotiated his contract. Um, I think Gwyneth Paltrow did as well, uh, and that kind of changed who was getting paid and who wasn't. And so they already didn't like working with Terrence Howard, and they were like, "Yeah, you're not gonna, you're not gonna get more money next movie. You're gonna take a, a huge pay cut." And he was like, "I don't know about all that." Um, and uh, they basically Don Cheadle actually gave an interview recently where they came to him and basically he was at his kid's birthday party. <laughs> and they're talking to him on the phone and basically it's like you got to give us a yes or a no because we started filming pretty quick uh and if you are um you know if you do sign up for the role of james rhodes you basically are kind of on call for the next 15 years like hey we want to put james rhodes in this are you free um and so he basically halfway through he's like do i have to decide like right now they're like well we're really yeah, kind of. He's like, okay, well, I'm on my kid's birthday. like, And they're like, oh, okay, well, yeah, take the birthday for sure. Call us in three hours. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, have fun. Just call us a little bit later. We need that yes or yeah, no. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> we're going to be that career-defining yes or no. Um, oh, yeah, we're not monsters. Call us in two hours. Yeah, yeah, we're totally reasonable people. Totally reasonable people. But, uh, you know, I you mean, have 45 yeah, minutes. About how, right. Actors do talk about how it's a hard decision for them, which is weird to me because I do feel like, I mean, I don't know. Let's say I'm in a movie and they're paying me 300 grand because my first movie or whatever. And, you know, they wind up going, man, this movie is, this is important. And like, we're going to do a bunch of movies around it. And they come back to me and they're like, hey, we're going to do a bunch of movies around it. Are you in? I don't know that I would have that hard of a time being like, yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, sure. It's sort of like guaranteed work, right? Like, let's say I don't do anything else. Who cares? Yeah, I'm in this for the next forever. Yeah, I'll be, uh, I don't know, Jarvis, the butler, whatever I'm so like, Captain America's sidekick. I don't care, whatever. But I think that's sort of the approach Chris Hemsworth was taking originally. It sounds like now over time he's kind of moved away from it. But initially, he was like, yeah, I'll do Thor anytime they want me. Like, if they call, I'll come. No problem. But I think it's because he kind of understood the finickiness of Hollywood. Yeah. And they're uh, not great movies. Yeah, it really does. So he did Extraction on Netflix, which I love. But I don't know that I heard a lot of great things about it. Mm-hmm. Um, he did some hacker been... movie that was just awful. I can't remember the Black name. Hat. It wasn't there you good. Go. It wasn't good. It was terrible. Uh, no, you know what? I'm not going to do that. I didn't hate it. I just don't know that it was as gr- it 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 probably it should have been a, a streaming movie. It shouldn't have been a. Like, oh no, it, I, I hated it. I didn't like part of it. It was just so weird. Oh, really? I didn't I, like it at all. I, I think if it had been like an Amazon Prime movie, it would. Yeah, been just if fine. it was like a if it was like a, a lower budget like streaming movie, I wouldn't have been mad at it. But like to be like a big summer Friday night blockbuster. Yeah, like thing, I I went to it and was not impressed the entire time and was yeah also... i wouldn't have bought tickets for it for sure yeah yeah i'm with you on that i get that i, I agree with that um yeah and, well all the hemsworth brothers though they make some questionable i don't know who their agents or managers are but they don't get good roles 
Yeah, and then he's also Thor. Well, New okay, Ghostbusters, he was only like okay, and they all have had one good role. The oldest brother was the head of security in West Wing. Um, and then the younger brother Liam was uh, he was in Expendables, and then he died. He died in Expendables. He was in Hunger Games. Ah. He was he was the, the main other love interest in Hunger Games. That's right. Okay. So that's a four movie franchise. Like they each have had one great role, and then they've they've just been in stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's like uh, it's like Chris Hemsworth, known for Thor, and I. Yeah, he's definitely been. He's definitely been Thor. <laughs> it's like and it's like when it's like when Thor. you only have the one thing you're like successful though, like the Goo Goo Dolls. It's like top five iTunes song. Two of them are Iris. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we have we have Chris Hemsworth for his great performances in Thor and Thor three. <laughs> Skipping Thor two. That's yeah. that's mean. That's mean. <laughs> um, I had to go there. It's the like the worst rated. Like Marvel movie. <laughs> why is it why is it, but you know what though? Like uh well there's a mean joke that I won't tell. But it's ultimately like it's a good being the worst movie in the Marvel franchise. Look, I'm still, not saying it's like a terrible movie. I'm just saying comparatively being a DC movie. Yeah, that's true. It's still like yeah, I'd watch Thor two out of over like ninety nine percent of DC movies. Yeah. DC movie preparing premiering today or rewatch Thor two, I'd have to think about it. Yeah. And if someone's like, I'm buying your ticket to Thor 2, I'm taking it. Yeah. If, like, someone else has put it on and they're bringing it over, yeah, yeah. Hey, I'm bringing dinner and I want to pop in Thor 2. I haven't seen it in a long time. Okay. okay. All right. All right. Yeah, I think that's... I mean, that's still kind of mean, though. You know which one's more forgettable to me? Is uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. The second Ant-Man. Well, I haven't even seen that one, so maybe. It's really funny. But when I talk, like, when I am ranking the movies, I forget the movie even exists. So maybe it's worse. Perhaps. I, I mean, there's a lot that happens in it. It's tough to say. I don't know. I think it's I think it's, I think it's. it's easier to forget. There's a lot of the sequels that just aren't that great. That's fair. That's fair. Although all three Cats in America are rock, like, rock star movies. Yeah, I was, I was actually, I was, I was having a conversation with my friend earlier today where I was like, Man, besides like Spider Man, Captain America has like the best like movies about him, like period. <laughs> All of his movies wind up being like Winter Soldier was so just great, and then Civil War was so important. Like Civil War is all is an Avengers movie, but it's a Captain America movie, right? Yeah, and it's because Captain America is the Avengers, right? It was a huge deal. Like, I, and that's the movie where the villain wins. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like he did, his goal was accomplished by well, the end I of think, the movie. I think the next Avengers movie is also the movie where the villain wins. But I know what I'm saying. Like that was the first time that it happened in the Marvel universe. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Like by the end of it, it's like no, he won. His goals were accomplished. Yeah, he did. He got exactly what he wanted. Who cares if he goes to jail? He broke up the band. Right. Speaking of the band, speaking of one person being in charge, and speaking of terrible decisions, um, just bring it all home here. Yeah. Um, Houston local Megan the Stallion has decided to sue her record label, and she just recently got a restraining order upheld. It survived an appeal. She's going to be able to release new music this Friday while they are in battle over her contract. Listen to this. I'm not sure. Okay, all right. So she got, when she was 20, she signed a recording deal with Greenlight Music. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, 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 that's not the name. That's, that was, never mind, sorry. The headline was written weird. It was like, Megan uh, decides to sue, comma, Greenlight Music. And, and then it was like, <laughs> under it, it was like, for release. So I was like, oh, that's, oh, no, no, that's not it. Um, <laughs> that's not what this is. But so she's suing her record label. She signed a 360 deal with them. Okay. These 360 deals are brutal for the musician, for the artist. 
um, because you let the record label basically be a partner of a certain percentage in all of it. And, okay, I'll just break this down for you, and then we can, we can kind of go from there. Okay, so she got a $10,000 advance to sign this record contract, all right, mm-hmm. when she was 20. So not a lot of money. I mean, it's a lot of money when you're nobody, but considering Megan The Stallion has made some, some massive hits, that's not a lot. Do you know how many streams her songs have been streamed? Oh, I'm sure it's some astronomical number. Over a billion streams featuring Megan The Stallion. Yeah, unsurprised. From that, she has received $15,000. What? Uh, That's not even fractions of pennies. Her lawyers are saying that the value of just the streaming alone should be north of $7 million. Right. Um... I think it's probably more than that. Oh, easily. But but they're saying like her cut of everything should have been maybe seven million. Um, so that's that's getting into it. So here's the breakdown on the 360 deal. Her deal is the record label gets 60% of royalties gross before anything's taken out. She gets 40% post everything taken out. So it goes 60% off the top. Then fees, transactions, whatever, 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 whatever. She gets 40% of what's left. Or she gets the pile that's left after that. Mm -hmm. Plus, from her leftover, she's responsible for paying engineers, guest artists, uh, any any non-distribution cost for the music. Comes out of her end of the deal. Brutal. 50% 50% of publishing. Now, publishing is genuinely where when you see bands break up, I can tell you what bands are going to break up based on how they assign who wrote the music when the band starts. Mm-hmm. For example, Paramore, the girl, Haley Williams, was fi- primarily featured as the writer of the band. What that means is she double dips, whereas the band only single dips. A band gets royalty deals. A writer gets publishing rights the publishing rights can often be on different contracts and have a different value than the royalty rates royalty Mm -hmm. is for replays publishing is for writing rights right so what that means is every time the song plays the radio station pays let's make it all up because nobody i mean it's fractions and whatever but let's in a hypothetical world every time a radio uh, a radio plays a song the radio gives a dollar to the record label that dollar then gets broken up to go towards royalty, to go towards publishing, and then to go towards the record label. So Haley Williams would be getting paid twice for writing a song for Paramore. Once out of the royalty end of the deal, and once out of the publishing end of the deal. What that means is over time, she is making twice what everyone else is making. Plus, right. she's equally getting everything they're making in the band. Mm-hmm. So when a royalty check comes in, and it's two hundred thousand dollars, and there's five members in the band. They each get forty grand, and then they all have to pay their own individual taxes. Then she gets another check for pu- for publishing for another two hundred grand that she doesn't have to split with anybody. Right. So you can always tell what's going to happen in those situations because the band is always at some point someone's going to look up to the band and go, "Why don't I have what she has? Like, what is going on here?" I don't think we're getting the right money. And then they're going to start talking about money. They're going to sit down and they're going to be like, why are you getting all this and all that? And it's like, well, I'm the writer and the lead singer. Uh, and then the band breaks up. Eventually, that almost always happens. Uh, Haley Williams just had her de- debut album, I think, last year. Um, no surprise to me. I'm surprised it took this long for it to happen, honestly. Yeah. Um, Weezer did the same thing. Most bands, at some point, the lead singer is going to go out on his own. Even the Goo Goo Dolls, famously. Uh, or not the Goo Goo Dolls, uh, Matchbox 20, Rob Thomas. Matchbox 20 was successful enough, and then Rob Thomas all of a sudden started appearing on his own out of nowhere. And it was like, because he can make more money writing the songs than he can just being in the band. And that's what happens. Um, so in this 360 deal, Megan Thee Stallion only gets 50% of her publishing royalties. The, 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 label, get, the, the, the label gets another, the other 50%. The label also gets... of revenue, not profit, revenue 
for all merchandising and licensing and any of that. So, so if she sells, so let's say she has a concert. She sells a thousand t-shirts at $20 a shirt. It's $20,000 before she pays taxes, before she pays uh, payroll, before she pays anything, they come in for the 30%. Yeah. <laughs> and brutal man. And 30% for all appearances over a value of $1000. Jeez. So, so somebody pays her 20 grand to, to be somewhere or if she makes 100 grand doing a concert, they get their 30%. Man. <laughs> This deal is brutal. Right. Don't you want to don't you want to get into uh the recording arts? Yeah, don't you know that, that all artists are rich? I'll say this. Um these deals like this are very very common for artists who are still trying to break in the quote unquote traditional way. Um at this point if you want to just, if you don't care, I just want to make music. I don't care. I don't, uh, uh, you go on American Idol, you come in second place, you sign a 360 deal about like this, and then they're going to put you all over the TV. They're going to travel the world. You're going to be doing music and doing shows and blah, blah, blah. And when you get home and it's all said and done, you're going to have, you're going to have about $3 million out of the $400 million you made. About $3 million of it's going to be yours and in the bank. Um, and that's just how that's how all this is designed. The label's gonna take the big shark bite in the very beginning, and then you're gonna be left holding the bag, paying all the fees, all the people, all the parts of this, and then whatever's left is gonna be yours. And what Megan the Stallion proves is that there's not a lot left, especially not in the beginning for these people. Right. But the fifteen thousand dollars on a billion streams. <laughs> Tell me that's not nuts. Something's got to be a mess here. Oh, it's just, I mean, they're just, they're screwing her over. I mean, there's just no doubt about it. They're just, they're, it's a 360 deal. So they're running, they're, now they're supposed to be giving clear accounting of everything they do, allegedly. And right now it looks like they're just not. Yeah, I. there's no way you go, all right, I've done a billion stream and they go, here's 15 grand. Yeah, no, I mean, well, but she's saying, like, they were giving her, like, vague accounting. They're like, oh, yeah, lots of money in, some money out, here's the rest, it's all for you. Yeah, she goes to the thing, all right, I hit a billion streams, what do I get? And they're like, ah, uh, here's 1,500. 15 grand. Carry the here's, one, 15 here, grand. Here's 15 grand. And then they're like, it's like, okay, it's court time. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, I'm totally, yeah, I'm sure, Absolutely. Once someone actually sat down and said, oh, according to Spotify, you've been uh, streamed a billion times in the last two years. And she's like, what? Okay. Some may write. Um, but the reality of this is, is a lot of these 360 deals are, are they're prominent in the industry. Most, most of your new music, most of your new artists, this is the kind of deal they get stuck with. And they've got to play their way through it. And then when they get on the other side of it, they've got a little bit of leverage. Uh, oh, I've made five albums and I'm now a, a multi, you know, multi platinum selling artist, and I have room now to negotiate or go somewhere else or whatever, whatever. And then right. they're in control. Radiohead basically played their way through. I think it was three album deals, and just decided they were never going to sign another one. Yeah, and now they I just mean, completely own everything. Right. Yeah, and I think that's the really like one of the better things. Like, well, it's really, really it's really to cool to see like those independent art like Chan. Right like doesn't have a record uh, label he's completely independent and he had like some of the tapes in all of like the 2010s right and he's uh you know i don't know i don't know that he's you know doing what everyone else is but he was in a position where he was able to donate a million dollars to his old high school so yeah and then he's yeah. had one of the most disappointing album drops of the entire century 
Well, don't poop on a guy you just praised there, buddy. But uh, what I'm saying, like, he, he has the ability to be, you know, successful even if his latest album wasn't good. Oh, man. Way to, way to really hold back there. Listen, listen to the big day and then come and then come talk to me. It's not great. No, listen, I'm sure it's not. Um, I only speak the truth. But what that means is guys like some guys like Childish Gambino get to be much more in control of their career because they weren't just looking to sign any deal with anybody. They were going to take their time and develop a good deal because they're already a known quantity. Uh, same thing with Drake. He was in the middle of a bidding war and he chose to go to Young Money. And I think now he's kind of on his own, but still under that young money umbrella. Um, a lot of these guys, that's so the Flowbots who had like an album of the year and then you never heard from them again, but that's kind of on purpose. They were sort of that uh, anti-establishment kind of rap reggae sort of feel. Not really reggae. Uh, there was some reggae on the album. Uh, but anyway, they had that song Handlebars. I can ride my bike with no handlebars. No, no handlebars. handlebars. And so anyway, that song exploded, and they were a completely independent, selling CDs out of the trunk of their car kind of band. And they had to, at that point, they got they signed a major label deal, but it was strictly a distribution deal for one album. Mm-hmm. It was like, you can if you can put us in every store, then you can at least sell our album, and we'll go like 70-30, 60-40 kind of thing. Right. Um, but they have, I mean... They were have you have you listened dependent. to that song again? By the way, eerily, Handlebar? yeah, handlebars, no handlebars. Uh, I haven't listened to it in a long time. I would say it probably. Oh man, shockingly relevant today. <laughs> oh, I can only imagine. <laughs> I um, I guess we'll do a quick hit. Things we're not uh, qualified to speak on. Unqualified musings. Um, the news is on there every day. What uh? How do you feel about the Afghanistan situation? I feel like I have absolutely no idea. All right, like, anywhere, this, any this ground is, to stand on. This is going to be. I mean, our it's all generations Vietnam. So how right. do you feel? Yeah. About it? Well, I mean, okay. So as someone who wasn't really old enough to to witness the Afghanistan war or like the invasions, because I was a literal baby. You were. You were. Your whole life, they've been in Afghanistan, essentially. Right. So, like, it's hard for me to say, but, like, just the fact that that is true and for it to have gone this poorly and, like, the thousands are still there now, it's just, it's not looking good. Well, I, that's sort of my, my thing, right? Like, I know everybody... Actually, I saw a poll today where public polling is starting to actually kind of uh, give positive praise to Joe Biden and how he's handling it so far. Um, I saw a stat today where zero American deaths and 70,000 people have been airlifted out of Afghanistan since we announced we were pulling out. Um, If that's really the numbers and the stats, you know, that's impressive for the mess of the situation. I think the more frustrating part is – we were there for 20 years. So there's a lot of people who, who American soldiers who did lose their life needlessly. A lot of people who you do have to wonder like, what, what was, yeah, what was it for? What was this for? Is sort of the frustrating part, but you can't blame any one president for that because there were, I mean, it's 20 years. So obviously both parties, both presidents, there's been no real clarity. And then also the idea that we were going to build something there, like a country. I don't know. I don't, I, mean, I don't know. And then there, there was an army there. We trained an army. We've been training an army for 20 years. So there should have been like some three-star Afghani general driving around this week that we should know, right? Like there should be some guy's name that we know who's been holding the line in the sand against the Taliban. Like, there should be like this like Ahmed Baladi or something like that we're rooting for in Afghanistan who's protecting Americans. But there's not. There are no – There's. it seems that there's almost zero Afghanistan <laughs> – resistance to this right. it was it was literally in a day i mean it, it, i think i think what i read was in 13 days the taliban retook a country that i saw a stat one time that they have 48 providences in afghanistan i again i'm not a geography person i have no concept of how large or small afghanistan is i have none but 48 seems like too many of almost anything 
Yeah, that's almost the number of many U.S. states. And we're a train wreck sometimes. We're trying to get our stuff together. Like, okay, think about the United States today trying to vote on anything nationally, trying to pass a law on anything. Mm-hmm. We, we literally exist on 50, 51, 49 margins all the time. Now imagine you're trying to build a country in modern times today with 48 different voices. I don't know. Like I, don't to know me, how, I don't know how their government works, so I can't I don't, even I don't say either, but if you have 48 provinces, that sounds to me like you at least have 48 different voices. And considering we have 50 and we get almost nothing done. Like, what was what was our end goal? Right. Like, I don't, I mean, I'm just, I'm, listen, we spent a good trillion dollars over there, though. We made sure that those uh, tank makers and the armor makers and the bullet makers and the gun makers, we made sure everybody got their cut of this. And uh, the, uh, the uh, last week tonight with John Oliver was talking about the Afghanistan war. And they said that there are planes and helicopters there that they don't know how to, like the Afghanistan army doesn't know how to use. There was a meme that the Taliban now has more Blackhawks than like 140 countries or something. doesn't matter. Yeah. None of them know how to fly it. None of them know how to fly it. None of them have ever been trained in it. There's nobody training these people to fly these helicopters. Best of luck. Um, but when well, it pointed anything, that out. Anything can be learned with Google and a little bit of elbow grease. You know, it's funny you said that. Because when pointed out that the Afghanistan army doesn't know how to use the planes and helicopters that we are leaving there for them to use, that is what the contractor said. Between Google videos and Zoom calls, it would be like we're right there with them when they need help with something. Yeah. I'm sorry. I don't want to learn how to fly a Blackhawk helicopter on a Zoom call. Look, it's because you... (laughs) <laughs> I'm saying, like, you don't have the ball. <laughs> if you were a real man, you were real man. You would just put the key in the ignition and just go. Yeah, fly this helicopter and then die 12 seconds later, killing yeah. 40 people as it just flies around in a circle. Right. Helicopter right. turns sideways, the road, the blades smash into the ground, fly off, and chop someone in half. I would be the most effective Taliban fighter in 20 years, and it'd be as a helicopter pilot for the Taliban. That would be what would happen. Yeah. Um, but and then I'm seeing a lot of today, like people are like, "Oh, just just bomb them." Like we're negotiating with them because the Taliban are going to be running Afghanistan, and there are things that we want from them. And I think this is what's important. I I think again, unqualified musings here. We want them to right now. There's the Taliban are, are adamantly saying that women will be allowed to work and travel the streets to and from their jobs just like they have been for 20 years now. Um, we want them to honor that. They also say that they're going to protect their borders and not allow terrorists to train and use Afghanistan as they had in the past. That's something we want them to honor. If they're going to honor those things, guess what that means? It means we can't just go around blowing them up with missiles right now while we're still trying to get our people out. Like, we still have thousands of Americans and, and friendly people on the ground. And if we want them to at least pretend like they're honoring these agreements while we're there, then we've got to be playing ball. And so it's a hard corner that we're kind of stuck in, I think. Yeah. Because, look, we could, we could flex. Uh, I don't think anyone doubts Americans' ability to drop bombs and shoot missiles on people. I think we've established that we know how to do that. We, we've done it once before. We'll do it again. The reality is, after we do it, are we prepared to deal with what's going to come next? Because right. if, if we turn around and bomb these guys right now, and the situation we're in, where they're negotiating peace with us, and they've been negotiating peacefully, and it seems as though they're at least half-heartedly honoring these deals, which is better than we ever thought we were probably going to get, truthfully. Um, if we turn around and start shooting missiles and bombs now, then come tomorrow, when the smoke clears... I don't know. What, I don't. I have no idea what Afghanistan would look like. A lot, a lot more empty. <laughs> a lot more empty, but a lot more violent. I feel like. I feel like women would lose that position that they are haphazardly holding on to right now. Yeah, this uh, is. I, feel, I mean, like, look, I'm not. I'm not here to be like, all right, yeah. Clearly, these are the most trustworthy gentlemen on the planet as they overthrow the government. <laughs> right. They're definitely not. 
They're definitely, definitely not. I don't know. It's hard to be like, I place my faith in these people. <laughs> it's sort of like when you're playing poker and you're pretty sure you're beat, but the bet is so small that it's like, if I bet 50 bucks here, I can win a pot of 2000 but I think this $50 bet is a trap. Definitely going to lose. Right. Um, and that's kind of how it feels. It feels like I don't think anyone really thinks that tomorrow, like, so August 31st is the deadline. I don't think anyone really thinks that come September 1st, we're not going to wake up and hear the Taliban go, okay, all women go home now and stay home. I'm, I'm fairly certain that might, there's a good chance that happens. Um, also come September 1st, I think any Americans still in the country, any American allies still in the country, uh, they're going to have a really bad morning. Yeah. Um, but I think if we do, if we can weave this path, then I do sort of believe that maybe September 1st there might be an interesting day also. Uh, definitely not what I'm thinking, but I mean, you can you can believe that as much as you want. I I've got it like at a 30 70. 30 percent chance they hold they keep their word. Okay. That's probably on the high end, but I but I am optimistic. I mean, the reason we're not blowing them up right now is because of that 30% chance. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean that small faith in humanity, right? Well, just a small fact that we look, we sat down with them. We didn't sit down with the Afghanistan government and negotiate leaving. We sat down with the Taliban. So I do think that puts the Taliban in a position of leadership, which a certain former president chose to do that. But this is who we basically told Afghanistan was going to be in charge when we left. We sort of picked who the babysitter was going to be when we left the note on the fridge that said, Dear Taliban, here's $20 for pizza. Emergency numbers on the fridge. You know what I mean? Face now as if you want to. <laughs> uh, I just, yeah, I mean, that's, I do think maybe we shouldn't have left so much just military harbor there for the fake Afghani army to use. Uh, but clearly that was uh, some contractor's wet dream that we fulfilled for them. So look, if they have the weapons, then we can fight. It's like, it's just the plot of the boys. All right. <laughs> kind of it is kind of all right we're gonna jump out to a break we come back we got still more crazy stuff happening in the world of pop culture and uh we'll we'll end on a higher brighter note maybe possibly we'll see uh anyway this is nerd radio we'll be right back The Adventure Begins Comics, Games, and More is a wonderful store located right there on 1488 in Conroe that sells comic books, gaming cards, gaming accessories, board games, as well as all kinds of fun nerd assorted accessories. This is Corey DLG of Nerd Thug Radio, just reminding you that if you're interested, and if you're bored, if you got some free time, if you wanted to go hang out at an interesting or fun place, The Adventure Begins should be an option you consider. Everything from D&D Adventures League to miniature painting uh, to even competitive card play and even competitive gaming events. All those things occur at The Adventure Begins Comics, Games, and more. Interested parties should absolutely check out the Facebook page for more information. This is Rudy Townjanovich, and welcome to Nerd Thug Radio. To 104.5, 106.1, the sister station, streaming worldwide at IronLoneStar.com. Nico, before we get into anything, make sure to tell everyone about our friends, The Adventure Begins, comics, games, and more. The Adventure more is open at full honor, uh, operating hours. They got events rolling up here. Gotta make sure I have all my baits right. Today is a Thursday. That is a magic time. So this is the weekly modern meetup. Friday, what time tonight? At 6 p.m. Okay. Uh, Friday, 6 p.m. is the Star meetup. 
Saturday at 6 p.m. is Warhammer. Ooh, Legion tabletop. Ooh. See, Saturdays, maybe? Yeah. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. I don't want to. I'm not. You don't want to dip your toes in a game uh, you're prepared for? No. You mean like me doing the exact same thing? Talking myself out of it as I'm talking myself into it. There you go. Also on Saturday at 6 p.m. is even more magic time. This is the weekly commander meetups. All right here. As the adventure begins, comics need more. They got more events on the horizon coming up next week. All right here at the Adventure Begins, Comics more. Fantastic store, wonderful staff, all kinds of great nerd products on the shelves. You got your gaming stuff, you got your comic books, your sports cards. That's like a huge thing that I have, like, don't even know where to start. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You could you could become a hundred thousand air by buying the wrong pack of sports cards. All right there at the Adventure Begins, Comics Games, and more. Yeah, that's only kind of an exaggeration. I did hear one, the other day I was in there. Usually when I go into like Wednesday afternoon, I'll go in a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And I was in there one particular Wednesday afternoon, and this guy was buying a pack, and it was like $80. And he goes, he goes, yeah, my buddy was in here last week, and he pulled a whatever, whatever, uh, $30,000 card just right there in this pack. And I was like, well, there you go. There you go. Um, like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. So sports cards are back. They're bigger than ever. Um, I don't know how much longer. If you heard, uh, the players' associations all just changed contracts for who handles the cards. Oh man! So I think, yeah, I think, um, I think the American license went to a, a brand new company. I, I need to double check that, but I think they just changed hands last week. Um, it's kind of a low key story, so but I think that'll change. That listen, that's a big deal. Um, because that means that, that means there's going to be like a run on these last sets from this particular publisher, and then the new publisher comes in. So it's eh, you know there's going to be a lot going on. Yeah, that's massive. That's huge news. Yeah. Uh, also, Basically handed the keys over for printing money. Yeah. Oh man. Um. Okay. So it's August. We are wrapping August up. That means we are coming into September, which means September, October, November, December. There are four months left. All right. Hey, last quarter. Here we go. All right. Now, November 6th is uh, Extra Life Gaming Day. Um, that's going to be important for us and everybody who wants to help benefit the Texas Children's Hospital. But um, also... There are still three Marvel movies set to debut in the next four months. It's like one a month. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It is about to happen fast and furious, and I don't mean Vin Diesel. Did you uh, the rock? No, no, I did not. Oh. Uh, Shang-Chi uh, and yeah. the Legend of the Ten Rings is going to be debuting the weekend of my birthday next two, two weekends from now. Yep, yep, yep. And then November uh, is the Eternals, and then December is Spider-Man: No Way Home. And they finally broke out a trailer for Spider-Man: No Way Home. Oh, I think man. they've been holding. I think they've been holding on to this as long as possible because there's just a, I, there's just no way not to um have so many reveals in this trailer. Like this trailer just reveals too. There's just so much. In this. I think this movie is going to be crazy. It's gonna be a two and a half hours of just absolute crazy. Um, and so this trailer basically picks up where the second movie left off with Mysterio revealing the identity of Peter Parker as Spider-Man to the world. Then from there it spirals out of control, and then it shows him asking Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange has a spell that can make the world forget Peter Parker is Spider-Man. And then from there. The trailer just gets crazy and crazy and crazy, and it looks as though Peter Parker is going to cross paths with all six villains of the previous movies. We're finally getting the Sinister Six boys. At least in some way, shape, or form. It might just be cameos. Uh, 
confirmed there was a goblin bomb that rolled into traffic, which would be from the first Spider-Man trilogy. Mm-hmm. Also, Alfred Molina's Dr. Octopus confirmed returned. He has a line in the trailer. Hello, Peter. Um, so, there was two. a brief glimpse of what is potentially the lizard or venom. There was also a blast of lightning that seemed to strike a moving pile of sand. So this is everybody. This is... Oh, man. It's a lot. It's a lot. Um, yeah. So, I think they've been trying to hold on as long as they could, but, again, the movie comes out in, in three months. So, right. early December. It's all, yeah, it's almost here. They're, they're about 90 days away from having to air this movie, so they might want to start showing trailers. But there's so much that happens in this movie that even no matter even if you were as conservative as possible, this trailer is going to show some stuff, and it does. So it's worth checking out. Um, make sure to do that. And just yeah, I mean, 2021 is wrapping up, and it's been a big year for comic books, and it's only going to get bigger into 2022. There's like another four Marvel movies and a lot of other stuff, and a lot of the movies are early in the year next year because they. Now that we're in it, Marvel is just a train that can't stop now. Yeah, because, I mean, like, this is what... Because Spider-Man will be, what, the fifth or fourth movie? In the new phases? No, in, like, this year. Fourth. Black Widow, Shanks, it'll be the fourth. But But what, more importantly, what's happened is Black Widow's the epilogue for phase three. Now we are in phase four. And now that phase four has started, because they took this huge gap in 2020 where they pushed everything back, everything back, everything back. It's just like going to be movies. It's going to be bullets. Yeah, all there's like five movies coming for 2021, uh, 22, because they've got to now get into these stories. The streaming shows have been filming. Everybody's ready. Like it's time to, it's time to roll. The fruits of the labor are finally appeared. Right. Right, so you took well, like they took like the first half of twenty twenty off, but then they went back to filming late twenty 2020, twenty, early twenty twenty one. Well, now all that stuff has got to start coming out, and it's going to happen fast because I think it goes Doctor Strange, uh, Thor, um, Black Panther, and then I think it's I'm not sure what the fourth one is next. Oh, Marvel, Captain Marvel two. That's Dang all. Man. That's all next year. Plus all the streaming stuff. Miss Marvel, the is, Hawkeye. Wait, isn't Thor next year? She Hulk. Yeah, Thor, Love and Thunder. That's next year. Yeah. Oh man. So, I mean, it's all coming. There's a lot to come out next year. Oh, so many things. So get pumped. I feel like this is the first time in a long time where I feel like I'm just behind on Marvel stuff. Yeah, I don't know how that happened for you, buddy. You've literally just said this summer you did nothing. Yeah, I didn't do anything. And then I decided I decided that August was gonna be the August was was the time. I've been I've been to like seven city two weeks. (laughs) I'm like Oh, why did it do this? I've been to more cities in the month of August than the entirety of 2020. Right. Oh, man. Listen to you. You're like a Rolling Stone now. You know they gather no moss. It's true. Uh, how much time do we got left here? We got like, I don't know, two minutes. Okay. So we don't really have time to complain about this, but I just want to. The New Year Clicks set is out. X-Men Rise and Fall. One of the sides, so on the side of that of the HeroClix boxes, they always feature like four big things that are in the set. Yeah, like themes. One of them this year was Exiles, and they showed a picture of Blim, uh, Blink and Mimic on the side. Do you know how many keyword Exile figures are in this set? Uh, four. Yep. It's not surprising. Longshot, Blink, Dark Beast, and then Mimic and a Mimic Prime. And the Moon Prime isn't Exiles, it's Dark X-Men. Got him. You know how annoyed I am? <laughs> I don't know why. Usually when they when they show them, they're like, alright, yeah, here you go. It's usually like four or five characters, and then everything else is something else. But, but there's not even a large Exiles cast. 
and they still didn't even do that. There were only six <laughs> exiles. Like, yeah, they only needed two other ones, and they didn't even do that. Four to six ain't bad. So annoyed. It took them. So it, annoyed. It, it took them like ten years to do a JLA. So I'm not. <laughs> I'm just like, what was even the point? <laughs> my, not, like, my bad. not JLA, JSA. That's the society. Yeah, I, I knew. Yeah, I knew what you meant. But like, I don't even know why they even like why even put them on the side of the box. Just say you're making blink. Just put blink on the side of the box. We made a blink. <laughs> She's there. I swear. Yay! So annoyed. Just annoyed. All right. You just want to be a grumpy old man about it. I, well, I, what was the point of even saying you're doing the exiles when you don't do the exiles? Yeah, it seems weird that they wouldn't just do all six, like two figures. Like, did we really need a, another Wolverine? We literally just got three other ones in the last set. Well, and, and here's the other thing is like Longshot and Dark Beast are barely egg. Like, they were kind of in the book one time. So, like, what are they doing? Like, why are they doing this? I think it's probably just to personally spy you. There's one guy, there's one guy running the hero clues is like, uh, you know what would make Corey real mad? Let's say we're doing the exiles and then not do the exiles. Right. Uh, we almost, I mean, if they really were doing the exiles, we would have had an AOA Sabretooth again. We could have had a really cool morph. Like, I mean, they, I mean, whatever, whatever, you know, just. Not even the real exiles. Uh, it's just annoying. Anyway, all right. Uh,. Thanks for listening, guys. On behalf of Little Brother Nico and myself and the Adventure Begins, comics, games, and more. Same Nerd Thug time, same Nerd Thug channel. As always, make sure to go to facebook.com backslash Nerd Thug Radio. The podcast will drop this afternoon sometime. Make sure you're going to the Spotify's, the iHearts, whatever you listen to, and stream us. Uh, you know, or don't. I don't know. Whatever. Um, <laughs> but do you want to thank everybody for listening and having a great day. Come hang out with us again tomorrow at 2 o'clock where something else makes me grumpy, I guess. Uh, this has been Nerd Thug Radio. The Adventure Begins Comics, Games, and More is a wonderful store located right there on 1488 in Conroe that sells comic books, gaming cards, gaming accessories, board games, as well as all kinds of fun nerd assorted accessories this is Corey dlg of nerd thug radio just reminding you that if you're interested and if you're bored if you got some free time if you wanted to go hang out at an interesting or fun place the adventure begins should be an option you consider everything from DD adventures league to miniature painting uh to even competitive card play and even competitive gaming events all those things occur at the adventure begins comics games and more Interested parties should absolutely check out the Facebook page for more information. Hi, this is Kevin Smith, former Dallas Cowboy, Texas A&M Aggie as well. And I want to say what's up to Nerd Thug Radio.